Welcome everyone to the Woody Woods of Wisdom podcast. We're going to start off where we left last. We almost finished chapter one. So we're going to continue on the interval between death and rebirth. When the human spirit is released from the bondage of flesh by the process of death, the first task in which it is engaged is that of clearing the causation generated during the earth life just terminated. This work usually occupies the length of approximately one third uh, of the earth span. This is the, as I guess this states would be like a purgatory period, purgatorial region of which the church teaches. Exactly like I said. After the process of purgation has been completed, the ego is free to ascend into higher realms, there to partake of heavenly bliss and learn to how further tune itself with the planetary forces. The time spent in these celestial realms depends upon the ego's advancement. There are two different classes of egos, which come to rebirth quickly. The very material, who have a minimum of spiritual consciousness and therefore return to earth as speedily as possible, and the very spiritual who voluntarily sacrifice the bliss of heaven in order to return to earth on some special mission of mercy and love. It also happens, but only exceptionally, that in order to have the needed environment for its best progress, an ego has brought to earth sooner than its pattern would ordinary, ordinarily indicate. And also, on the contrary, an ego sometimes is returned in the heaven world for a longer period of time for the same reason. Such egos are seldom happily in their earthly environment, but their experiences are nonetheless the most valuable for them at first stage of their development despite their feeling from that birth is the time out of joint. Exactly in the same way that the liberated spirit during the hours of sleep studied its own body processes, the better to exert con- the better to exert control over them and so be able to live a fuller and more useful life during the day. So also the spirit after death learns to cooperate with cosmic creative forces that is the angelic hierarchies in order to build a better body and environment for its next earth life. Well, actually it says earth incarnation, pardon me. It is the soul evolution of each ego which determines its particular place in the cosmic plan, and this in turn determines the kind of instruction it receives from its angelic teachers in heaven. One who has built an inferior mental structure while on earth cannot transcend this limitation, merely the reason of dying. However, the ego is not at the mercy of its mortal intellect. It is the ego which creates the intellect and neither intelligence nor intellectual capacity is a fixed quality, but can change for better or worse during the course of a single lifetime. If we were not so, evolution would be impossible. Nor is the process of evolution stopped at death. The ego goes on from the point at which it stood at death. Everything must be worked through in heaven and purgatory, as well as here on earth. And no one can receive more than he has learned earned on any plane of manifestation and i just want to pause here for a second and kind of reflect because these different purgatory and um i know of like there's different from studying rudolf steiner personally there's different states of um being like kamaloka and devakan so that's kind of interesting to see all of it um all of it does tie in together and i know some people will be like oh well my 
um, humble opinion, yada, yada. I think opinions are just a way for us to kind of be abrasive and not willing to open our minds to other things because this exactly states right here. I mean, even like the other things where some people will state things like, um, like Samael being an archangel of, you know, the satanic fallen angels, you know, that is true in some sense, but we also have to have the darkness in a sense to show the light. And I'm not telling people to walk the left-handed path. I myself don't do that. Um, it is fine if someone needs to do that. And I think we need to kind of be open to that possibility. Some people do have to in lifetimes be on that lower incarnation of ego and embodiment to really understand what Christ consciousness is. And it's very important because I know I'm not taking shots at anyone, but I'm specifically saying, I mean, it's extremely important to realize that. And I know sometimes we might get caught up in certain aspects of looking at a person, but it's really important. That's why some people can be lame and ignorant in one lifetime. And, you know, they, they go through their transition and they pass over and because they're lame and ignorant in their lifetime, they'll be smart in another and vice versa. They're really smart in this lifetime. And if they don't, let's say, ascend to the highest potential that they have, I mean, they will be re-embodied in samsara and they will just, again, be brought down to be ignorant. So moving on, in the internal interval between death and birth, the ego learns under the Saturn ray how to think abstractly and how to conserve and project mental force. The Mars ray teaches the dynamic qualities of mind and the constructive use of the power of desire that this knowledge when brought down to earth is so often used negatively is due to the personality having clouded the pure understanding of spirit gained in the heavenly home. But all this can be truly recollected through meditation. Under the Mercury ray, man learns the use of the factual or concrete mind and the modes of logic. Hermes, Psyche Pompa, Psyche Pompos. No, I think it's Psyche Pompus. Um, it was the guide of souls with Hermes in the role of conductor of the souls through the underworld. This is the most significant point in Grecian esotericism reminds of reminds us of the exalt maxim that logic or reason is the best guide on all planes of being. The neophyte would do well to cultivate the rational faculty and never allow logic to be unseated by psychic phenomena of an exciting nature. It is our elder brothers from Mercury, type, typified in Hermes or the Archangel Raphael, who teach the receptive ego the proper use of mental concentration and picturization and how to create, retain, or project mental images for purposes of a demonstration. And their earthly environment, through the Venus race, the lords from Venus, human like ourselves, as also are the lords from Mercury, teach the ego how to garner the soul essences of life and assimilate them, so that the egoic glory manifests in added luminosity. The archangel Venus, known as Anel, Aniel, corresponds to Eros, the god of love in Grecian mythology. Eros represented as a beautiful young man 
who as Cupid personifies the divine child or love principle to be awakened within all mankind. To all that the ego has garnered a spiritual wisdom and experience, the archangel sun force aids its own universal power, and this becomes the ego's central source of inspiration. The Jupiter rays bear the impress of the spiritual forces to be released during coming ages. Only a portion of its power is now active. Uranus and Neptune work only with those advanced initiate egos who have passed through the portals of initiation. Every occultist or metaphysician knows that it is difficult to translate the happenings of spiritual realms into the language of the physical world. We may, however, give some small indication of those realms by saying that if it were possible for normal human sense to cognize them, they would appear somewhat like the vast layers of light vibrating in varying degrees of density. Within these immense strata of pulsating light essence, the spirits inhabiting them have the appearance of radiant, scintillant sparks ring out the various colors of the spectrum. Every ego and every angel always carries the color of its individual spirit ray, and the highest and most um, attenuated realms. The color and musical note are sim simultaneously discernible. The work of the ego preparing for incarnation in these realms is purely mental. It works in mind substance, which is far more solid and real than the dense matter familiar to our present poorly organized senses in the, in the body. The mind substance, by the use of the twin spirit powers of will and imagination, is organized along lines of force which make a definite pattern according to the state of life and being of the ego which does the work. The higher the realm, the clearer and more powerful are the lines of force, for their potency increases with their ethereality. These lines of force, which at lower levels, are seen as magnetic rain or streams of magnetism, also bear the colors which correspond to their inherent quality. Altruistic impulses reveal beautiful tones of blue and gold. Personal motives without thought of others impregnate the forces with darker hues and the lines are uneven, which result in the distortion of the archetypal image. Projected in desire world, these currents indi indicate the anger and passion sent out by man upon the earth. These forces are particularly heavy and strongly impel the egos which become caught in their currents. The desire world is a network of such rays. They form, as it were, patterns of force, and each one of the various mystery schools has its own representative pattern. So also do the Black Brotherhoods. It is these lines of force in the desire world which enable those knowing how to use them to vampirize their e other egos, stealing from their the life essence and destroying their health, or even causing their death, as in the tales of witchcraft and sorcery which have come down from ancient times. Again, the lines appear etherically in the vital body, and finally, in the dense body itself, on each plane the lines of force become denser and more slow-moving as they descend, hence less potent for either good or ill, since the thought forms of the mental realms control our physical world, it is evident that the heaven world experience is not wholly dissimilar to our earth life. Purgatory and heaven show a sim similarity to the civilization on earth. The heaven world of a Christian is not the heaven of other faiths, nor are the conditions in the inner world the same now as they were in ancient times. 
Yet the same kind of work goes on, on all goes on at all times. Today, for example, the instructions being given in the heaven world deal largely with universality, oneness, fellowship, and brotherhood in preparation for the new world order belonging to the coming Aquarian age. These precepts would have been useless if given to the masses a century ago. The more advanced egos are already receiving instructions on forces which will prolong both youth and life. These will not, however, be known to the masses before the latter half of the Aquarian age. And that's actually quite interesting because this author um, wrote this book in the 40s and coming up on it, it's pretty accurate about what's happening, how most people will not the uninitiated, I should say, just the ones that are not aware. I like to use that not-so-tight-knit, uninitiated. I use, use it more loosely because simply we can come to understand, but yeah, the people that aren't aware of a lot of these mysteries would come to realize that, in fact, yeah, any of the stuff that we're stating right now in this and how the soul developed, how he came, and the planetary influences upon our consciousness and who we become through personality development etc etc it's interesting that you know just when we're have like for example the nine gifts of the holy spirit totally awakened you know we're able to be seers we're able to do things like levitation like blavatsky talked about um with the pencils and um yeah just all this stuff it's very interesting so continuing on in the world of thought the music of the spheres is a universally experienced fact of nature. All form is the product of sound, and the lines of force we have spoken of are in fact musical vibration and audible to the spiritual ear. When the ego becomes sufficiently infused with the desire for rebirth, the rhythm of the music in which it lives, moves, and has its being changes, and is enwrapped in harmonic measures which bear downward toward the earth plane. Downward is a relative term it means esoterically to draw toward even denser matter. The song of the zodiacal hierarchies wafts the incoming ego on wings of melody toward the new environment, which eventually will mean birth into a physical body. And we have shown it in preceding paragraphs. The ego has itself helped prepare that environment according to the spiritual powers it developed in former earth lines. Illuminant egos, upon returning into earth, bring them the memory of that exalted ceremonial which accompanies the preparation for human re-embodiment. I believe this is Materlinked, touches fancifully upon it, and his mystic adventure play, The Bluebird. So if we look up the mystic play, I don't know if I debauched that, but uh, it's titled the bluebird a lot of these words are very challenging and expanding my vocabulary honestly so thank you for bearing with me i sometimes have to pause for a second to kind of gather these all in the ceremonial of preparation is really the actual work of preparing the specific archetype of the body to be worn by the reincarnating ego under the rhythmic emanations of the 12 zodiacal hierarchies and their planetary agents, although the principal work is done through and with the hierarchy of Cancer under Neptune, the etheric archetype is formed under 
the moon. Under the moon is a fashioned its physical duplicate. The archetype is infused with the life force of the ego for whom it is built and is attuned to the earth rhythms by the hierarchy of Scorpio. The lords of form in the hierarchy of Sagittarius, the lords of mind. The momentum of the celestial patterns is adapted to the intended lifespan. Although this span may be lengthened or shortened due to later events and circumstances connected with the ego's earthly experience, as long as the archetype vibrates, life in the physical body will endure. It is the rhythmic music of the archetype which attracts the places the physical body places in the physical body atoms. The nerve of the archetype is given to it by the individual who is building it. It can be no higher or lower in pitch than the soul note of that ego. If the spirit has lost its clear spiritual vision through its encasement and the outer personality, the archetype lines may become disordered and a mishap in physical body will, will be the result. Every act, thought, and feeling of the past has its impress there for harmony or inharmony. It is these forces which are built into the spirit's starry archetype, the horoscope, as beneficent or malefic aspects. It is only as one comes to these holy mysteries of the ceremony preparation for birth and realizes the vast unification of the powers of heaven and earth in connection therewith, that he fully appreciates the biblical statement that man is fearfully and wonderfully made. The forces of the feminine cancer together with her mystic ruler the moon are active at the time of conception. Simultaneously, her opposite pole of Capricorn with its Saturnian planetary force is crystallizing into shape the coming physical body. The hierarchy of Libra with its Venusian loverite gives the pattern for the desire body while its opposites pull with Aries endows it with the powers of life and motion. The lords of Leo through the spiritual sun set the impressive divinity upon the heart and the opposite polarity of Aquarius and Uranus hold that divine pattern whereby the heart is to become the sacred body center. The sacred heart is the very truth or the transfigured body temple of the future. The dual mind forces separated under Gemini become spiritualized and unified under the opposite pole of Sagittarius. The mental powers is stimulated by Virgo and Mercury and fostered spiritually by the opposite pole of Pisces and Jupiter, while the etheric pattern is held by Virgo and inspired with spiritual radiance of the Piscean influence of Neptune, co ruling with Jupiter of the constellation Pisces. Taurus, Taurus the lord of karma, Reaping impregnates man in the making with the Venusian forces of love and harmony. The opposite pole of Scorpio with the marital forces of inharmony and disintegration. The physical body and the earth plane are the battleground of these two forces. The oftener man dies, the better he lives. Each interval between death and birth on the inner plane places the human spirit in closer attunement with its own inherent God power and makes possible its increasing manifestation. These celestial experiences are also awakened within man the realization that birth and death are but incidents in the eternal progress of the immortal spirit. Eventually, when the spirit is sufficiently strong, Venus, harmony, and love will overcome Mars, sex, and death, and the world, and the words of St. Paul, will be realized. Death will be swallowed up in victory. 
truth truly. And the words of Periclesis there is a star beyond every progress going on in man. All the forces of heaven have their corresponding activity in the parts of the body that are expressive of their powers. The archetypal lifeline. It is man's celestial pattern that determines the form and feature of his body in every particular. Its height, color of eyes, and hair, the temperament, and racial characteristics in general. And the invisible archetype lie the hidden causes of all that manifests in the visible form. The archetype bears an imprint of the most important events of life to come, notably birth, marriage, death, or initiation if the ego be so far advanced. Every race and nation in and through which the ego has functioned leaves its in, in dead, in, I'm going to take a second to pronounce this. I believe it's indelible imprint upon the spirit. And the essence of these experiences are in turn impressed upon the archetypes of future bodies. These ethereal prototypes may be likened to mirrors in which every thought and emotion are pictured. We are today what we made ourselves yesterday. If we do not like the results, we can change them by altering the pattern after which we are fashioned and to which we are tuned. In other words, we can remake our lives. Behold, I make all things new, said the Christ. This, too, is our own prerogative. More than that, it is the prerequisite for attuning citizenship in the new age as Christed men and women. We have said that the heart is the son of the body. As the life is renewed spiritually, important transformations take place in this organ. The archetype is more intimately associated with the heart than with any other part of the body Consequently, its animating impulse passes in and out of the body through the central contact. These life forces increase or decrease in accordance with man's mode of life. As evidence in the story of the good king Hezekiah, whose life was prolonged in order that he might complete a great work for his people, the dial upon which the hand was turned back, as related in two chronicles, is but another description of the life processes of the archetype which may be altered and the years of life extended provided the ego has occupied himself in so constructive a manner that he is prepared to render a number of people some high and useful service the archetypal life line is not to be changed for personal benefit or to give additional opportunities to the individual ego but in order that he may use his acquired gifts and a larger mission for others. Note that it was a grave crisis in Israel requiring such wise leadership as Hezekiah could give that caused his life to be prolonged. The archetype is a thought form, hence amendable to power of thought. This fact, it is which gives to man the opportunity to make himself in the image and likeness of God, for man is truly the little image of the great form. By careful, constructive thought, may, man may build for himself here and now a temple that will reflect at all times his holy presence. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Jacob Bohm, the illumined mystic, writes, Concerning the invisible origin of the visible man, out of the anguishing chamber of the body of the earth, out of the spirits of God are rising the stars which kindle the body of this world. Out of this body, the fruit or the seed Generous itself, which is fire, air, water, and earth. 
Man's house of flesh is also such a house as the dark deep of the world is chaos, wherein the seven spirits of God generate themselves. The body taketh its food from the seed of the seven spirits of God in the body of the great deep which is fire, air, water, and earth. As in the deep of this world, through the kindling vibration of the stars, a seed is generated out of the dark deep. So, in like manner, in man's house of flesh, there is generated a seed according to the eternal birthright of the seven or fountain spirits, and in this seed there are three distinct things, will, wisdom, activity, according to the trinity and the deity.